I'm Monica Garski with NBC7.com. I love writing about San Diego, the people, places, and things that make it a special city to live and visit. I'm married to a chef, so keeping up with the culinary scene is a big part of my life. And together, my husband and I have two little girls, both sweet and sometimes a tiny bit salty, who we are raising to try new things, appreciate good food, and love the people, places, and things in our city. Hi, I'm Candace Wu, the founding editor of Eater San Diego, a site dedicated to breaking food news, covering restaurant openings, and offering local dining guides. I've been a freelance food writer in San Diego for more than a decade, writing about the restaurant industry, craft beer, farms, fishermen, and everything in between. I started my culinary career working in a restaurant kitchen before moving to restaurant reporting, so while I'm not a professional chef, I think I'm a pretty decent home cook. On this episode, we navigate the latest changes to our county's reopening, focusing specifically on what this new round of guidance means for our local restaurant industry. So, can you dine inside now? Yes, but you guessed it, there are still rules. We'll break it all down for you. And we continue on our series of unique online food experiences, exploring another local virtual tasting event, this time led by a longtime San Diego shop that specializes in one of the most perfect comfort foods for the pandemic, cheese. Mm, okay, and we're joined by our guest, Gina Fries, who's the co-owner of Venissimo Cheese, who shares with us how her shop has taken its famous tastings into that digital world. Gina shares how Venissimo has had to adapt in these pandemic times. She's she's had to change a lot. Like at Mission Hills, we're so small, no one can come in because there's no six feet kind of around the shop. Thank you for listening to the Scene in San Diego featuring Eater podcast. Hello, thanks for listening. Hi, Candace. How's it going? Good, thank you. How are you? Doing well. So we have so much to talk about today. A lot has changed since the last time we spoke and the last time we podcasted. So we're going to go ahead and dive right in. We're going to take you through um, what the latest round of changes for reopening our county means to our restaurant industry. So we'll start with August 28th. August 28th, California Governor Gavin Newsom laid out a new, more gradual course for reopening businesses, including restaurants. We're looking at these four tiers, color-coded, making it a little simpler for folks, purple, uh, red, orange, and yellow. He rolled out this four-tier color-coded system that ranks the state's counties based on the number of COVID-19 cases and infection rates. As a county moves into lower tiers, its businesses can add more customers and open more services. The tiers go from most restrictive, which is purple, to red, orange, and the least restrictive, which is yellow. In purple, for example, a county's virus rates are considered widespread, and a county in that tier can only allow restaurant dining outside. In a purple county, many non-essential indoor businesses remain closed. Still with me? I think so, but I have whiplash. I know. It's a lot. It's a lot. (laughs) So in this new situation, counties in the red, orange, and yellow tiers, things are changing. Um, In those counties, restaurants can return to serving people in indoor dining rooms at a reduced capacity. Some non-essential indoor businesses are still closed, but more are open than in the purple tier. 
Got it. And uh, so red or tier two means that a county has, quote unquote, a substantial virus rate. This is the category that San Diego County fell into as of Monday, August 31st. And so for San Diego restaurants, this means indoor operations are allowed, but only at 25% capacity or 100 people, whichever is fewer. Okay, so that's a little shift here, a little bit of relief for local restaurants. I mean, if we're thinking about it in terms of some indoor capacity is better than nothing. Um, And right now, maybe that is enough for some of these eateries who are really just barely getting by or have no patio space. Right. So as we all remember, in the second wave of pandemic closures in early July, all of San Diego's indoor dining rooms were ordered to close. And that's when a lot of restaurants shifted to creating outdoor dining spaces. So now they can operate outdoors and a little bit indoors, but restaurants still need to follow all of the county's COVID era reopening protocols like increased sanitation, practicing social distancing and enforcing the use of face masks. Also, any restaurant must post their updated reopening plan in the restaurant and uh, the 10 p.m. curfew still stands so you know a lot of modifications are sticking around for a while yeah it's it's a reopening but just so many rules still yeah and and bars and breweries and distilleries that do not serve food they still have to remain closed Got it. All right. So while San Diego County is in this red tier, county public health officials said that this 25% capacity rule will also apply to indoor businesses like movie theaters and museums, as well as places of worship. And in this red tier, San Diego's indoor gyms and fitness centers are also able to reopen, but at 10% capacity. Retailers can operate at 50% capacity. And barbershops and hair and nail salons can also reopen, but again with modifications. But if people do not follow the rules and the strategies that we continue to share with you, uh, the greater chances are that we will advance to tier one, which is the purple uh, tier, and we'll go backwards and be very close to where we were in mid-July before uh, the state imposed uh, restrictive measures on counties across the state. The other two tiers in the state's guidelines are orange, which means a county has moderate virus rate, and yellow, which means minimal. In orange, restaurants can open indoors at 50% capacity or 200 people, whichever is fewer. And in yellow, restaurants can open indoors with modifications at 50% capacity. So Newsom said counties will move through the tier system based on two key metrics, and that's the rate of coronavirus cases and the percentage of positive tests. Counties will need to be within a tier for at least three weeks, and they need to hit the metrics of the next lowest tier for two of those weeks before they can move down to the next lower color. We're going to be more stubborn this time and have a mandatory wait time between moves. We didn't do that last time, and that is a significant distinction between what we've learned uh, from the past and what we now are advancing. And each county's status will be checked and updated weekly. You can keep track on the website covid19.ca.gov by typing in San Diego County and what kind of business you're wondering about. And it'll give you our current tier and where restrictions stand for that particular type of business, like restaurants. Yep. So 
definitely a whole new way to kind of look at our county, see where our restaurants stand. Um, and, you know, like we were saying, for some restaurants, this might be the lifeline they need to stay open. Who knows for how long, but, you know, it's better than nothing. But then, you know, other restaurants, it's it's tough. I mean, we heard from a lot of restaurant um, owners at a briefing with um, Jim Desmond, Supervisor Jim Desmond, and these business owners, many of them were saying, you know, I can't survive on 25% capacity. I can't pay my employees. I can't even keep the lights on at 25%. So it's it's really tough still, you know, getting better, but but tough. Simply put, we and many other restaurants will not be able to survive in this ever-changing environment I can't pay my rent with 25%. What is 25%? You allow a person to come into a restaurant, sit down, enjoy themselves an hour and 30 minutes. Let's do the math on that. How much money am I actually bringing in when you only allow me 25%? And with all, you know, all the restrictions, all the modifications that you need to do to bring business indoors, I think some restaurants are thinking, you know, that at 25%, is it really worth it? to go through like all that, you know, all those machinations. And, and, you know, I've talked to some restaurants that are saying, you know, until maybe the, the rate, um, you know, the indoor dining rate increases that they're just going to try and stick to outdoor for now. Yeah, it's really expensive. I mean, plexiglass barriers in some cases, um, and even just expensive to move your operations outside. I mean, you got to think there's there's definitely investment there. I mean, it's not just tents, you know? Right. And here we are heading into Labor Day. And, you know, we have we're sort of surrounded by counties that are in uh, in higher tiers than San Diego is. So that's going to be interesting to watch what happens. Okay, so while parts of San Diego are starting to reopen a bit here, we are still very much also exploring ways to enjoy the food scene virtually. We've been finding some cool stuff uh, that you can do from home. And we know that comfort levels, they're really different for everyone. You might not be ready to just yet go out to eat, to go to a restaurant, and, and that's okay. And really, we found that digital technology has been the hero of the pandemic. And uh, there's just still so much you can do online. Which brings us to another cool local tasting event, Gone Virtual. So on the last episode, we talked about Cutwater Spirits' online cocktail and food pairing classes. And this time, we're talking about cheese tasting and cooking classes with Venissimo Cheese. Venissimo Cheese has been a San Diego favorite since 2004. This specialty brand runs quaint little neighborhood cheese shops in Mission Hills, Del Mar, North Park, and Liberty Public Market. And pre-pandemic, these cheese shops, they hosted a lot of tasting and pairing events. And now Venissimo has shifted those classes online. Venissimo hosts these classes live on its YouTube channel. There's one set for later this month on September 18th, where a Venissimo cheesemonger will teach students how to perfectly plate a party platter. That class includes a platter kit with enough cheese for four to six people, or in our case, maybe two to three. Yes. Um, <laughs> And uh, over the last few months, Venetian was also held cheese and beverage pairing classes, including a recent cheese and agroni tasting. That sounds so good. Yes. And of course, cheese and wine pairings. Cheese anytime, please. Thank you. <laughs> 
Um, so Venissimo sells the cheese plate and the beverage kit online, and the customer picks it up at one of the four shops during some designated hours before the tasting event. And then they tune into YouTube for an hour to eat and learn about the pairings. The kits usually cost between $45 and $60. And Venissimo, like Candace said, has also been hosting virtual cooking lessons on its YouTube channel. And they're led by the company's owner and other cheese whizzes. That's what they call themselves, which is just about the cutest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) And uh, Venissimo sells the Sunday session kits ahead of those classes, too. And we will, of course, share links to all of this in our show notes on Eater and on Scene. And if you're interested in these types of virtual food events, you'll be able to kind of click around and figure out how to get your hands on those kits and, and when those classes are. We recently caught up with Gina Fries, co-owner of Venissimo Cheese, to talk about these online classes and so much more. Let's go to that conversation now. All right, Gina. So we know that your neighborhood cheese shops, they're so well known in San Diego for events and the classes that you guys hold. That's a huge part of the Venissimo brand. So when the pandemic hit San Diego County many months ago, how did you kind of figure out how to shift that part of your business online? I mean, was there like hesitation there? Was it a no brainer? What were your thoughts going into that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was, it was a whirlwind. I'll tell you that. (laughs) So I think as I recall, everything shut down on March 16th, which was my birthday. And by (laughs) 10 days later, (laughs) 10 days later, um, we we did our first virtual. So it really was, it was just, it really was kind of an immediate thought. It was like, Hey, technology's there. Um, Why don't we try this? And so Rob, who's our events manager and I just sat down and said, all right, let's try and kind of, you know, wing it as we go and see what we can come up with. <laughs> How has the turnout been? Are, are people, you know, participating in the online classes as much as they were in person? They are. So one of our challenge in, challenges in person was that we never had a big space to hold classes. So we were always limited to how many people could attend one of our classes. Well, gosh, now in the virtual world, you know, um, the capacity is unlimited. So that's been really great. We have had, I would say on average, at least about 20 participants in every um, virtual tasting, Um, sometimes more, you know, sometimes less, but on average, it's about 20, which is a really good, I think, uh, introduction and, and, and communication and connection with people. Nice group. That's great. Are you seeing um, people coming on for like a virtual date night or anything like that? We do. Okay. I see dates. This is so cute. And then I see families, you guys, and a couple people have sent us pictures where the whole family is gathered around the TV, you know, or the computer screen, and then they've got their cheese board in front of them and they're all participating. So I know it stretches beyond the, you know, we assume it's one or two people when they buy the the cheese plate, but we have learned. Yeah, it's definitely more. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. So do you guys kind of feel like the shift to online will remain? I mean, regardless of what happens? Yeah, we're, we're trying to, you know, anticipate the day that we can maybe combine both, <clears throat> excuse me, and maybe uh, we do have in-person uh, events, but then we're broadcasting at the same time, because why not? And then it gives people the option because you're right. It might take a while before everyone's really confident in coming out, um, but then let the people that are confident come out. I don't know. I'm sure it will evolve, but um, I kind of see a mix in the future. And yes, I think that they will continue. 
Yeah, and you're doing these on your YouTube channel. It looks, you know, like a pretty solid presence. You guys got that up and running pretty quickly. We all did. I mean, again, gosh, technology, thank goodness. <laughs> um, yeah. We already had a channel and we thought, hey, you know, we might as well, YouTube allows us to, you know, re go live, stream it live, and then automatically, you know, it's up there for future views, which we see happening all the time. After the broadcast, you know, people are going to see it after the fact. They can pick up the cheeses and, and participate in, at their own time and everything. It works really well. Uh, and then we do the chat. That's kind of how we do the feedback on YouTube is we use chat. Uh, so that's been fun because um, we try to just keep that going during the broadcast to make it as personal as we possibly can. Are you thinking about, is there anything else that you could maybe, you know, take online or do in that format besides the, the, the tasting classes? Yeah, gosh, uh, you're right. Every once in a while, we're like, yes, what more can we do? We do all sorts of education already. We have little snippets up there of just learning about cheese. Um, but uh, yeah, we want to make them just kind of more um, produced, you know, recipes. We want to do all kinds of just guess mm, extensions, I guess you would say, to teach more about cheese. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the Venissimo brand um, has really made itself like a, a neighborhood brand, right? Yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's one of those like, you know, cozy little cheese shop, you go in, it's part of the landscape in your neighborhood. Um, are you finding that, you know, through these online avenues, you're still able to kind of keep that community connection? Because, you know, that's what so many small businesses are struggling with, just to keep that like human connection with their their patrons, you know? Yes, and you're right, that is so important. We always like, like to think of us as like the cheers of cheese shops where we knew people's names. We knew their kids. <laughs> we knew when they got their hair colored, you know, things like that. And you're right, when you're just, you know, like our shops are open, you know, but some of it's just the front door. And um, it's so good to see the people um, and then to just chat. So in absence of seeing at least we can chat so we do yes to try to communicate any way we can um and i still love when we've done a virtual and i'm at a shop and then somebody comes in to pick up their next plate for the next week and then i get to see them face to face but i know how we chatted online and so that was super fun <laughs> so, yeah. yeah we're trying and we're doing a lot more kind of just um newsletters and marketing just with tips and tidbits to just keep connected yeah, that's great. And and with your shops, you know, them being a bit on the smaller side, you know, that's the way it's supposed to be. It's your neighborhood cheese shop. What else have you found kind of challenging during these times? I mean, in terms of like all the pandemic restrictions, you know, it's social distancing harder in a space like that, uh, modified hours, those kinds of things. Yes. Oh, that's been all the puzzle to try to put together. Such a combination. So, um, Yes, reduced hours because a combination of factors, having mongers that are comfortable working um, or maybe can't for health reasons, you know, type of things and keeping everyone safe and comfortable. Uh, so we work with the pool that we have. Um, we cannot do tastings and that one just really hurts. That's such a big part of our business. That's always been a part that you could taste absolutely anything in the shop and we can't do that right now. And so that's the challenge then for guests that they come in. Um, like at Mission Hills, we're so small, no one can come in because <laughs> there's no six feet kind of around the shop. Right. Um, so that's just like peek in the door and kind of see what we have. And that's been hard for people. So we just have to try to describe and then rely on mongers to hear what they are looking for and try to get them what they want. But I tell you what, people have been so patient and now maybe willing to try different things. 
<laughs> get out of the rut of the same favorites every time. That's so, <laughs> like, have, have you noticed that the pandemic, have you seen an uptick, uptick in, you know, um, just business and sales because people are staying home more and obviously eating at home more and, and nothing. And cheese is a comfort food, right? dang it. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, Candice, definitely. People are um, eating at home. Uh, we are doing lots of deliveries. That was a huge change of business. We do deliveries every day, which is great. Um, we see a lot of people, you know, our tray business, you know, talk about business changing. We were selling, you know, we do so many party trays, you know, and then the pandemic hit and then just nothing on the big trays. Um, so now the littler trays and plates are super, super popular. And then now we're starting to see bigger plates <laughs> and platters come back. Uh, but we definitely are seeing people wanting to cook more uh, and then just have the cheeses um, on hand so that they are can make what they want. And they want all the accoutrements with it. You know, the charcuterie, the nuts, the baguettes, you know, bread. We try to, you know, just offer the full kit so that you can have your cheese tasting party anytime at home. That's great. Yeah. 2020 is the year of the home cook, I think, of just yes. trying new things and just like, okay, this is what we have to work with. Let's make it work. Let's figure it out. Uh, YouTube, here I come. Google, here I come. <laughs> what, are you, what are you seeing as sort of the future for specialty food shops like Venissimo or, or others? Is there, are, like with the sort of delivery, the delivery aspect, is that something you think you want to continue after the pandemic? And you know, what other adaptations maybe will sort of continue on? Yeah, um, I, I keep thinking, you know, it's so interesting that some of the things that we were kind of forced to do during this are really good that we should have considered earlier. And I think they will stick, Candice. I think delivery is such a way of the future regardless. I myself, you know, I'm out every day. I've never not been out. We were open the whole time. So I, I don't feel contained, you know, quarantined in the house. So I haven't had that feel of, oh my gosh, I'm trapped. I'm going to deliver everything. But I've gotten used to getting things delivered now and I kind of like it. Um, so I see that that's going to stick and stay. Uh, the virtuals for sure. I, I think we'll have combination of intimate events once we can get back together and um, the virtuals because people just like the fact that they can sit in their pajamas and <laughs> do the tasting, you know, that's kind of fun. <laughs> Things yeah, like the that. holidays oh. and stuff coming up too, I'm sure. Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh, holidays. I am hoping beyond hope that soon we can have tasters again and give people that one-on-one -on -one connection and experience because that is what's been making me sad through the whole thing is that yeah. we're just lacking a hug from somebody. Yeah. Uh, I can't, that's killing me. <laughs> and even with the shop, because like you said, we just have customers that have been with us, you know, for 16 years. Um, I want to be able to shake their hand. I, I want to give them any sample that they wish. Uh, I, I'm hoping we can get back to that. I think we're still in a good position, luckily, that with these changes, the business has gone on. Um, we'll see about, you know, maybe hours will change that, you know, geez, we don't know, aren't open every day, all locations. That might be a change in the model. I'm, I'm, uh, to be determined. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you, you really have, you know, your shops have been around for a, a long time and you have such longevity. And, you know, I dream of a, of a San Diego where we had, you know, a Venissimo or something like that in every neighborhood, but that sort of has not been able to happen or we've had seen, a, you know, a, another cheese shop not be able to, you know, stick around. What do you think it is about, you know, Venissimo that's enabled you to have that, you know, sticking um, 
you know, quality? And then why isn't San Diego, you know, supporting other little, you know, artisan businesses? Right, Kansas, we have all those little shops. It's so fascinating to me. And I don't know what that answer is. We, 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 we're puzzled all the time. Um, I think, honestly, we were lucky. Our timing was awesome. We, we got here when there wasn't another cheese shop um, and Food Network started, right? And, and foodies became a thing. Chow Hound, you know, all the Yelps, all the things about food started about the same time. And we were there. And um, I'm hoping it's because, you know, people love the product. Thank goodness. You know, we sh- Scared, get scared every time a new diet comes. It's like, I hope cheese is okay in this diet. I hope <laughs> cheese is okay in this diet. <laughs> and so far, it's been okay. Um, and I do think, you know, our number one thing is to have fun with the customers, to take care of them, because it's an expensive food. We get it. Um, it is an expensive food. And this is an answer, Candice. The economics of cheese is not going to make anybody rich. You don't see, you know, a franchise of cheese businesses and stuff. It's just it's not economically viable. It's a labor of love business. We love it. I think that shows. And I think people want that connection. Yes, you can go to Costco and get a, a wedge of Humboldt Fog. Um, but you don't get to taste it before you buy it. You know, you don't get to talk to the monger about it, hear the story about it, unless you come to a place like Benismo. So I think there's just enough people out there that want that um, shopping experience. I guess that's why we've been able to do it. And I just absolutely love it. We work every day, but it's not work because we love it. <laughs> so And 16 years in San Diego, right, Gina? Yes. Is that right? 2004 is my math. Yeah, that's when we opened. So whatever that math is, 16 years. Wow. is just wild. Um, I wouldn't change a thing. And I, that little Mission Hills shop is the baby and um, it's the little engine. And then, you know, Del Mar, we were doing pop-up dinners. You know, we have a neater space there where we can, when we do open you guys, we're going to have outdoor seating up there. We have a new patio that you can do wine and cheese boards, pop-up dinners and stuff. So that's going to be back. I'm going to keep a positive thought. <laughs> I, know you, I know you can't even, you know, begin to think about it right now, but are you, would you still like to open more stores in San Diego? Oh, Candice, now I kind of, it really, this is so interesting. With all this shift, with a lot more delivery and such, and this goes to why, Candice, I think a lot of things don't make it. It's retail is so expensive. Um, we have, we've tried a few different locations and they just haven't worked for us where we think it was going to be perfect, you know, or there's a need for it. Um, now with more delivery and accessibility through the locations we have, how we're spaced, I kind of don't see um, more physical locations unless we do what we did with Bottlecraft, which has been great, mm-hmm. you know, co-locate with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that might be the answer, Candace. Could there be a co-location that's smaller than Liberty Public Market, say, but has the baker, the butcher, the cheese, four things in a big space? Because it's hard to find small space. So how do you utilize a bigger space? I don't know. And have that or bring the two together, the wine bar and the cheese, the beer and the cheese. Can you bring something together? I see a lot more collaboration businesses, maybe even when restaurants, I don't know if you agree, but anyway, that's my thought for future. So I think the Venice you see now might be, might be it. <laughs> but you'll still, you'll be getting more cheese out there one way or another. Yes. And that when we get more, you know, that's another one. Getting the cheeses from across the world right now has been a little tricky. Mm-hmm. But yes, you will always see the greatest cheeses here. <laughs> That's great. What is the best-selling pandemic cheese right now, Gina? Is there one that you're like, how did? Th- why is this popular right now? 
Oh, gosh, not why, but I could tell you the bestseller is Fromage Daffinois, which is a double cream brie. And Monica, I think it's because it is the comfort cheese of all comfort cheeses. It's warm, it it's melty, it's creamy. <laughs> I think if, if, we do, if we run out of that, we should just shut the doors, pull down the blinds and hide because people <laughs> would go mad. <laughs> it's just, you know, the little escape from the pandemic then. <laughs> yep, just the little wedge, not expensive, but just pleasure and joy. And you're right, just the bite can just make you forget all about this. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, we covered a lot of ground there. Thanks for hanging out with us. We have so many of the stories we mentioned today in our Eater San Diego and NBC7 roundups, which usually publish every Friday on the scene section of NBC7.com. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe to The Scene in San Diego featuring Eater on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher, wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Talk soon.